0: Well, good morning, church. So excited to be with each and every one of you here today. I'm excited about our conversation as we continue in our series 242, which comes out of Acts chapter 2, verse 42, where it says that they were committed and devoted to the apostles' teaching, that they were committed to breaking bread with one another, to, to having community life together, and then being a people of prayer. And I believe that same thing holds true for us here at Gateway as well. That we want the word to shape us and to mold us, to, to be the people that he desires for each of us to be. I also believe that we do life together here and that we are a people of prayer, that we believe in the power of prayer. The scripture was read for us just a moment ago. We're going to be looking at Acts chapter 4 verses 1 through 22. So grab that cup of coffee, grab your Bibles, grab your tablets. If you're listening to us uh, via podcast, we just want to say welcome to everybody. If you're finding us for the first time gateway here for the first time and you don't have a regular place to worship, we would just like to say welcome. Uh, you, You found your church family and we're excited to have you come and to be a part. As we start into our conversation here today, uh, there's just a couple of things that I want to share with you, and, and one, I uh, want to talk about transformation. I want to talk about how uh, transformation, that there needs to, to be this life change because of the cross and, and what Christ did for us there. And then the second thing is, is that, that we need to live out the redemptive story. As believers, we're, we're called to do so. I want to share with you today that there is power in the name of Jesus. Amen. That there is power in the name of Jesus. Grace and mercy and forgiveness. Kingdom trust. The, the inbreaking of new life can be found in Christ, in Christ alone. God is bigger than any problem that we face. God is bigger than, than any of the broken promises that, that we had experienced in our life. God is bigger than, than any of the bad choices that we have made. The, the resurrection of Jesus, first and foremost, is, is about forgiveness. Uh, but this, this cross is, and, and, and the crucifixion and the, the resurrection of life is also about transformation. It is about healing. Do you remember that the man found at the gate beautiful see church and friends that are joining in here today? Resurrection is, is about the infilling of the Holy Spirit. The, the Book of Acts is, is just that it's it's about the acts of the apostles and, and the early church. It's about the, the, the movement of a group of people that have come together, that their lives have been transformed and they're going out and they're expressing wherever they may be the redemptive story. They're, they're testifying of the goodness, the, the, the good news of Christ. It's about a group of people who have, who have been commissioned and, and people who have the, the passion to change the world, to change hearts and, and to change lives. Even principalities and and powers of the world can be made anew. Amen. Christian Christian recording artist Lecrae says, and I I quote, scars are evidence that that wounds can heal, that that wounds don't last forever, that, that healing is possible. Peter's first sermon to, to the religious leaders or his sermon to the religious leaders there uh, in the temple area. He confronted individuals on a personal level and friends. I just want to share with you that, that oftentimes we don't like it when when others confront us in love, mind you, in, in, in prayer and discernment about our stuff, the stuff that we have going on in our lives. Sometimes we just need to to be told to to grow up and we we need to be told to to look up, to to, to seek seek God. In other words, to to change our old ways of living and get into the word and seek the very heart of God. Friends, sin is rebellion against God. It it separates. separates us from God. God has a purpose for your life, friend. He truly does. But we often choose to, to focus on self and, and not of the divine. It, it's our way often and not that of his. See, we have this natural bent towards sin. Someone said, and I quote, Sin is not just found within the heart, but it is also woven into the corporate realities that shape and form our lives in community no doubt no doubt there was a stir in the crowd that particular afternoon in our text here today Acts chapter 4 there, there no doubt there, there was this, this this huge gathering and no doubt there was this incredible thing that was taking place see Peter was was preaching repentance. And the the healed man from the gate beautiful was there and he was testifying about the power found in the name of Jesus where there was once no use of his legs down his ankles and his feet have found strength and and he's moving in and about the crowd and he's talking and testifying and giving glory to God and, and giving praise to God. But we also need to look at this text and understand that in the midst of, of the, the, the movement of God, in the midst of the, the church testifying of God, there, there is pushback. There's pushback from the establishment. And in our own lives, we, we see that, we realize that, do we not? When, when we go and, and we testify of the goodness of God, sometimes people don't want to hear that. Sometimes there's there's pushback. As the church represents the the, the infilling of the Holy Spirit and and, and the goodness of God and and representing and taking the, the, the very word of God out into the world where we reside, there will be pushback. There is pushback. And many of us, if not all of us, have experienced that to some degree. This brought pushback from the religious leaders as they were gathered there in the temple. Look at verses 1 through 3 of chapter 4. While Peter and John were speaking to the people, the the priests, the the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees, it tells us that they confronted them. In verse 2, they were incensed that the apostles were, were teaching the people and announcing resurrection of the dead, this resurrection of Jesus. And in verse 3, it says that they even went to the extent that they seized Peter and John and they put them in prison until the next day. Catch this if you will. But but the in-breaking of, of, the, of the new kingdom was disturbing. It was, was disrupting the conventional manner of the religious authorities. Their backs were up against the wall with Peter's preaching. And there was nowhere for them to hide. Thus the, the, the title of our message this morning, nowhere to hide. Their actions, their their self-centeredness was, was being exposed. Sin will eventually do that, you know. With, with, with God though, our sin, there, there's nowhere to hide. God knows everything, my friends. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 13 says that, that evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them. I want to read that again, but evil intentions, in other words, our sins will be exposed when the light shines on them. Look at verse 4 of our text. Many who heard the word became believers, and their number grew to about 5,000. That is amazing. That is incredible. That God is moving that out of the upper room with those that gathered the 120 as they started to venture through the city of Jerusalem. And now they're headed out into Samaria, Judea and throughout all of the ends of the earth. The church is growing. I I would say that, that that's a huge thing. I would say that that's big. I would say that that is absolutely amazing. How about you? See, when we look at this text, we, we see that, that as Peter is preaching the message, we, we see first and foremost that, that, that there's this confrontation. We, we see that in the midst of, of them being challenged, that there's pushback, but we also see that in the midst of Peter preaching, we, we see in the midst of his confrontation. We see in the midst of challenging times that the church is growing. Church, I, I believe. I believe that the church can grow no matter what challenges it may endure. Are you with me on this? In our text, it tells us that that the religious leaders that they had a problem with the resurrection. See, it's, it was it's great news. It's great news for us as believers. It's great news knowing that the Messiah is alive and that God is doing some great things in the early church. It's not so great news, however, when it disrupts the the current way of doing things for the establishment, if you will. See, the religious leaders were were Jewish aristocrats, including the high priest and his family. And for years, they have held power in Jerusalem. Peter is upsetting the cart, if you will. He's upsetting the status quo. See this, Jesus' disturbance, as William Willimon says, and I quote, is in danger of becoming a mass movement. Think about it. On one side of the temple, you have the religious rulers, you have the the scribes and you have the elders and then on the other side of the temple, you you have Peter and John and, and all of these people from the church gathered together and then look at verse 13. It says they couldn't take their eyes off them. Peter and John standing there. So, so confident. So sure of themselves, their their fascination deepened when they realized that that these two were laymen with with no training in scripture or formal education. They they recognized them as companions of Christ. Friends, it's it's only by the anointing. It's only by the anointing of the Holy Spirit that that Peter is able to, to speak at such a gathering. The religious leaders, they they have a problem on their hands. See, two uneducated men are preaching a most powerful message. A healed man is now moving amongst the crowd and testifying. A a large crowd of people whose hearts have been changed, they're, they're joining in this powerful movement, this powerful movement called the church, this powerful movement called the way. And the religious leaders, They're realizing that that they can't do anything about it, but it's interesting to to mention that the religious leaders that, that they are for the people, right, that their ministry is about the people, right? There was a very popular book that came out years ago. It sold millions of copies. Matter of fact, it was published in in a number of, of, of varying languages around the world. But the first four, the first four words of the first chapter simply said this. It's not about you. It's not about you. It's not about you. See, the religious leaders, they, they, they were the guardians of the of the temple kind of sounds like a, a made for TV movie title, doesn't it? And they were the guardians of the temple and, and, and of traditions, but but they had also risen to social and economic and political power. See, Peter and John, they were pressing into, they were sharing of, they were preaching of the resurrection, the resurrection, evidence in Christ. They were preaching that the first thing that I want to share with you here today is that there's power in transformation. See, the religious leaders not only didn't believe in the resurrection of the dead, but they also viewed it as a very dangerous idea. See the ministry of Jesus and, and and now the embracing of it in the early churches is being perceived as a threat to the, the power, the authority of, of the religious leaders. It's, it's a threat to their very existence. In contrast, those who were convinced. Uh, of the resurrection of the dead. The, the apostles and, and the church, they did not fear the the primary weapon of death from those who were in power. In, in other words, you, you can threaten us until death. You can give us the sentence of death because of our preaching, because of our, our teaching, because of our testifying of the redemptive story. But we will not stop. We will not stop because we believe that there is life, life eternal that can be found in the resurrected Christ. Can I get an amen in the house? Can I get an amen this morning from wherever you're listening or wherever you're viewing this message? Henry Allen, in his book, Wounded Heaver, says, and I quote, while personal concern, is sustained by a continuously growing faith in the value and meaning of life the deepest motivation for leading out fulfillment of, of urgent wishes and, and pressing desires and, and offers a, a, a vision beyond human suffering and death a Christian leader is one of hope whose strength in the final analysis is is based neither on self-confidence derived from personality nor on specific expectations for the future, but on a promise given to them. The evidence that that Peter and John is preaching is undeniable. There's power in the name of Jesus. There's power in the transforming work of the kingdom. A man who could not walk from birth. A crippled man for decades is now running and testifying and giving glory to God. How do you deny that? This transformation is undeniable proof that validates what is being preached that very afternoon in the temple place. The evidence of of transformation in the early church, it changes lives. Look at verse four there of our text. But many of those who listened had already believed the message in round numbers of about 5,000, 5,000 people, friends, family, gateway church. We need to see here that that, that in this text, that the the church is on the move. We see evidence of this, that, that, that the early church is on the move that they've been filled in with the Holy Spirit, that the presence of God is amongst them, that the anointing of, of Peter and John, and the apostles' teachings, they've been anointed and great things are happening and great things will continue to happen. In church, I, I believe that here today, even in the midst of COVID, God is on the move. Do you, do you believe that? Come on, do you believe that? Even in the midst of a pandemic, that God is on the move. If you're sitting on the couch at home uh, and somebody's there with you, just, just, just ask them, do you believe that? Maybe somebody that's sitting next to you here on campus, you can ask them, but, but, but do you believe that? Look, look at verse 12. Salvation can be found in no one else. Throughout the whole world, no other name has been given among humans through which we must be saved. Now, I've heard it said that Jesus Christ knows the the worst about you nonetheless he is the one who loves you most again I'm going to say that Jesus Christ knows the worst about you nonetheless he is the one who loves you most look at verse 11 in our text this Jesus is the stone you builders rejected this is Peter preaching this Jesus is the stone that, that you builders rejected He has become the cornerstone. Peter is quoting out of the Old Testament. He's referring to Psalm 118, which, which speaks of a stone that has been rejected. Church, God will build a new temple, thus making the present one redundant. Some will not like it. Powers and principalities will reject it. But there's nothing that they can do about it. And T. Wright says, and I quote God is turning the world right way up. He is doing so through the powerful name of Jesus. Oh, when this old world comes up against me, give me Jesus. Oh, when things of this world try to control me, give me Jesus. Oh, when people around me forsake me and they they ridicule me. Oh, give me Jesus. Oh, when uncertainty floods my soul, give me Jesus. Psalm 118 verses 15 through 18 says this. The sounds of joyful songs and deliverance are heard in the tents of the righteous. The Lord's strong hand is victorious. The Lord's strong hand is ready to strike. The Lord's strong hand is victorious. And then it goes on and it says, I won't die. No, I will live and declare what the Lord has done. Verse 18, yes, the Lord definitely disciplined me, but he didn't hand me over to death. What Peter was preaching in the house, in the temple that day is exactly what the church needed to hear. It is exactly what I need to hear. It's exactly what you need to hear today. What what you and I need to hear is that we can overcome our own pitfalls. We can overcome our own brokenness, our own sinfulness, our own wrong choices. Remember that the one who's standing at the temple that very afternoon, this very afternoon that is in our text, is the very one who has denied. Peter has denied Christ three times and now he is an anointed man of God and the church is on the move and the church is growing. Hearts and lives are being changed. Oh, God can use you. God is is desiring to use you right now. Young person, in that living room, that, that person that's driving, listening to this podcast, those that are gathered here today, God is desiring to use you for great things. Kingdom purpose, kingdom building things. Peter stands in that gathering, a transformed man. God is using him to ignite the church. We're all broken people that can be used by God, but we have to be a willing people. And secondly, as Christians, we must be willing to to live out the redemptive story. And I just want to say we must be willing to live out the redemptive story at any and all costs. Look, look at verse three. They seized Peter and John and put them in prison until the next day. Friends, this wouldn't be the last time that Peter was incarcerated. It wouldn't be the last time that he was threatened to to be quiet about preaching, sharing the redemptive story. See, Peter wasn't only preaching about about Jesus himself being raised, but, but he was also preaching about how God was a God of restoration, that God was a God of reconciliation, that God is a God of fresh beginnings, Somebody here today needs to hear that. That that God, the very God that created you is the God that wants to give you a fresh new beginning. No matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, God wants to love you. God wants to pull you close. He wants to, to, in his soft-spoken voice, call you and let you know that he is, that you are his beloved. God freely accepts anyone. Who is willing to choose him, to be transformed by him, and to live life eternal with him? Psalm 2 in the Old Testament in the Message Translation, it says this: Why the big noise, nations? Why the mean plot, peoples? Earth leaders push for position, demagogues and, and delegates, they, they meet for summit talks. Uh, the, the God deniers, the, the Messiah defiers, they say, let's get free of God, cast loose away from Messiah. But then as you scroll down into that text in verses 10 through 12, it says this. So rebel kings, use your heads, upstart judges, learn your lesson, worship God in adoring embrace. Celebrate in trembling awe. Kiss Messiah. Your very lives are in danger, you know. His anger is about to explode. But then it goes on and it says, but if you make a run for God, in other words, if you come to God, you will not regret it. You will not regret it. I look at this text here today and it moves me. It stirs my heart because it it allows me to to see a snapshot of what God can do, not only in the early church, but what God can do for us here today. That for those that believe, for those that stand in the name of Jesus, for those that accept the crucified, the risen, the resurrected Christ, for all of us, for those of us that, that trust in him wholeheartedly, No matter the fact that we don't know what the next five minutes holds, but we know who holds the next five minutes. Trusting and believing that God has this. It stirs my heart. It energizes my heart. It allows me to experience a peace, even sometimes when things seem so chaotic. It allows me to understand That even in the midst of sharing the redemptive story that though, there may be pushback. God does not leave us out there alone. He never leaves us nor forsakes us. That God is a God of compassion. God is a God of reconciliation. God is a God who stands with us in all things. He promises that that is a trustworthy statement. And we as a people need to take him at his word. As Peter stood there in the assembly that day He was anointed man of God. He was a god full of passion and vigor He he wanted he wanted the gospel the redemptive story to be said and to be shared Ultimately, it would take his life Ultimately many of those that were gathered there would be martyred for their faith even in the midst of Uncertainty in the midst of pushback, in the midst of of so many things of the persecuted church, the church continued to go and the church continued to grow. And I believe that God has that for us here today as well a gateway that God wants to use us in a mighty way. As we conclude, I would just ask that you would read and reread through this text a few times. That you would just look to see what stands out to you that highlight and circle the, the, those words the, those phrases that, 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 that Just catch your eye and, and catch your heart Read on this text as a devotion this week and See how God can use it to encourage How God can use it to strengthen your heart how God can use you to take it into the world in which you you reside. This is the word of the Lord this morning, and I say thanks be to God for the people of God. Amen and amen. We'll see you again this next week. Blessings, church.